Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League. In fact, the number one daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. I am Brian Peacock alongside the scout Matt Williamson and being the scout that he is, the combine is happening. So a lot of fun. He's hearing a lot of rumors. Matt Williamson is in Indianapolis. So you can find Matt on Twitter at Williamson NFL. You can find me at BD Peacock, and we're right now tight ends are starting to run. This whole primetime thing is throwing me off. I thought we'd have some more times to talk about. Forgot that they were going primetime with with all the running and stuff. So we're going to have to wait until tomorrow on Friday's show, and we'll have a bunch of times for you and a better idea how fast some of these guys are. And maybe, who knows, maybe even John Ross's record will fall tonight. Yeah, and to that point, I mean, I've talked about how excited I am to be here and how great the Combine is and I've had all kinds of sit-downs with great people around the, the league and that do what we do for a living. But i got to say, I've been here three days. It's 5 o'clock p.m., and finally I'm seeing some kind of drill work. Or <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Groundhog Day when you're here. Like I, I kept asking, is today Wednesday or Thursday? And I've been here three days, and nobody's running 40 yet. Like, come on, man. You know, so I'm ready for this to kick off. But everything started a day later this year, and it doesn't start till prime time. So I've been waiting for action for too long, man. And some bench press has happened, but th- that one doesn't get me going. I, I don't nah. care that much about the bench press. Maybe when some of the big guys go, but still, you know, it's all about the 40. I want to see the on-field work. I want to see these guys on a level playing field running next to each other. I think that's something that you can gain a little bit out of and the tight ends have started to run and we have seen a few times and we'll talk about that in, in just a little bit but uh, I want to start with some of the the rumors and some other things happening with veteran players and there's collective bargaining stuff and uh, a lot of stuff happening that you might be hearing about while you're in Indianapolis yes exactly and I don't want to say it's a done deal I'm not a reporter but it sure sounds like from multiple sources that Philip Rivers is going to be a cult and that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, they're in it to win it. They got dealt a really rough hand with the Andrew Luck retirement last year. I would think that's an attractive position for Rivers. I think it's a class organization. There's a line in place. They got a ton of cap space. You get, you know, a guy like Paris Campbell back, but I bet they add at least one more pass catcher of note, maybe even in the first round. I mean, Jerry Judy would look pretty good there. That's for sure. I just don't know if Rivers is good still or not. We will find out. And we'll find out how much better he is actually than a much younger Jacoby Brissett for the Colts if he does indeed go to Indy. And you know what? I'm not going to use your name, Matt, but I'm going to send out a tweet right now. Per sources, done deal, Philip Rivers to the Colts. Okay, sent that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and we, we heard a little bit of that, that yesterday, and it's sounding more and more like that's going to be. And look, if you're. Philip Rivers and the Colts come hot and heavy early. I think you stop talking to teams and you're like, yes, give me that job. I want to be a starting quarterback. If you really want me, it's a good team. Let's go. Yeah, right, right. And I'm interested from the Colts standpoint. Again, they got a lot of cap space. They have some They have some nice pick equity as well with the Redskins very early second. So if you're them, are you thinking – the other note that I was told with them too is, is – if Rivers is in place, step two for them is finding a pass rusher. Interior, outside, whatever. They've already been linked to Clowney. They can afford him. So fine. But I'm wondering just long-term quarterback situation. Rivers, Brissett, and we'll worry about the 
true future down the road or if Jordan Love sitting there in round one, do you grab him? My hunch and my inclination from talking to people is they'd be done with quarterback for this year if they signed Rivers. And if you do sign Rivers, it's going to cost you a little bit. So will they have enough cash left over to go big after a pass rusher? Because there is some pass rushers on the market. And the draft is not good this year after Chase Young. It's actually a really bad edge class for pass rushers on the outside. So do you want to try to wait in the draft and go, you could possibly get the best wide receiver in the draft. Maybe Kinlaw falls to you there in the interior on the defensive line. You could be looking at Jordan Love at that pick. I believe, what, the Colts are at 13, right, in the first round? Right. So those would be the positions uh, if you are the Colts and they have a good situation on the offensive line right now. You could sit back there in the middle of the round and and have a a really good player at those positions. And if they're looking for and if they have the money under the cap after Rivers, I think free agency is where you go after that pass rusher. Yeah. And to your point, I don't think a pass rusher at 13 probably adds up. I mean, unless Chase on or. One of these other guys, you know, Gross Matos, really lights up the combine. I just don't think that's a value spot for a pass rusher. It is for a receiver, though. I mean, Judy or Lamb or somebody will be there that you got to like. Um, maybe it's even Ruggs if you just want a pure speed element. So I hear you. I mean, I don't know if they could land Rivers and Clowney. They got a ton of space. And I was also told that they fell like, you know, twenty five or $250,000 short of signing Preston Smith last year. Like, he, he almost grabbed him. So they've been looking for this guy for a couple of years. Oh, wow. Uh, well, while we're on the, the clowny topic, there there is a report from Josina Anderson at ESPN that the Colts and Giants are among the teams that could potentially have some interest. That's not as strong as the Rivers stuff. Could potentially have interest. There's probably a lot of teams in Clowney if they have enough money because he's such a monster there. But... There is some smoke there with Colts and Jadavian Clowney, and that's an all-in scenario for the Colts, and I like it. I mean, Phillip Rivers is a win-now move, so go win-now at your edge position, and then you have some draft capital that you can use to build some depth behind those guys and hopefully keep that going once Rivers is gone. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I get it, and I can see the Giants really loving Clowney. I mean, Gettleman and the Giants in general love big people for their respective position. Uh, he has the versatility that a Patriots-like staff would like, Joe Judge. And we talked about the Colts in detail. You know, they're looking for big-time impact guys, and they have the resources to do it. So that absolutely makes some sense. But I'll tell you, I mean, Clowney's a very good player. He's a great run stuffer. He can line up all over the line of scrimmage. First overall pick, he's naturally gifted, obviously. But I think he's my leading candidate for free agent that signs for a bundle that two years from now we say is a cap casualty because it's just too much. I kind of like Ngakwe if he's able to get out from under Jacksonville, and I don't think he wants to be back in Jacksonville, so they would probably have to franchise tag him. I'd rather pay Ngakwe than Clown. Absolutely. I think you'll pay him less just because he doesn't have that pedigree, and he might be a better – I mean, he's definitely a better sack collector, and he's a little bit quicker – uh, Clowney's more, I would say, a disruptor, and and he can crush offensive linemen. Yeah, you can move him around. You can even rush him from the inside, but he's more of a straight line guy. And Guacway's got that bend that you know he can run under the table, as they say. And uh, that might be smarter money if you're looking for a defensive end. But um, yeah, I'd be talking to both of those guys. And and uh, there's a number of other pass rushers and defensive linemen on the market. One guy that looks like he's not going to get to the market is Kansas City Chief defensive tackle. Chris Jones, Rappaport, saying that, yeah, he's going to get the tag. 
probably the least surprising of the tags with the exception of Dak Prescott, if it gets to that. You're the Super Bowl champs. He's your best defensive player. I think he's in conversation for best defensive tackle, not named Aaron Donald. You know, he's that talented. So by no means can you let him leave, no matter what. We have some Twitter Thursday questions, Matt, to get to near the end of the podcast. We want to talk a little bit about some tight end times that we've seen at the Combine, but uh, some more smoke from the Combine in Indianapolis about another veteran quarterback in Tom Brady next. This is a big one, and I mentioned the Josina Anderson report. It wasn't very strongly worded about the two teams that could be interested, and I'm sure a lot of teams are at least kicking the tires on someone like Jadavian Clowney, but when it comes to Tom Brady... This one stood out to me from Jeff Darlington at ESPN. He said Thursday, quote, I'm now at the point where I would be stunned if Tom Brady went back to New England. Wow. And that just makes me wonder, is that a mutual thing? Is And, and I don't blame Belichick at all. If I would look at him and say, this is a declining player. He's aging. My team's really old. He's expensive now. I... I'm okay with moving on from Brady. And I would be shocked if Kraft is okay with that. I would not be shocked at all if Brady said, I've been here long enough. I want to go out on my own. I want to see what the world outside New England's like. But I also really fear that, I don't want to say he's Joe Namath with the Rams or, you know, end of career Unitas or anything like that. But there's a lot of room that this could go wrong. That the last thing we see from a spectacular, phenomenal player is not a great memory. Yeah, and and I don't like that. I, I never like no. that. And I have no problem with a guy trying to go to the bitter end, and I have no problem with guys who try to go out on top and, and maybe don't collect a lot of stats, and maybe it hurts their Hall of Fame status because they leave too soon maybe and, and aren't stat collectors. And for me as a fan with Tom Brady, I, you don't want to see it end that way with him, but I am so intrigued to see Belichick without Brady and Brady without Belichick that I just really yeah. want, it, want it to happen. And I'm just interested to see how that works out depending on where he goes. And you mentioned where that report could be coming from, and I wonder where Darlington's getting that information. Is that Brady? Is that Brady's agent? Is that coming from the team side and the New England Patriots where he's getting that information? That's another interesting one. Who wants... Uh, who wants it to end there? Or do is it a more of a mutual thing where they're kind of both done with that situation? Uh, there's another report from Mike Silver of the NFL Network, and he reports that the Chargers and Raiders are gearing up for a run at Tom Brady. And, and both of those make a lot of sense, and he would absolutely not rule out the Titans as well. Yeah, those are the three I keep hearing as well. I would think his wife, Giselle, wouldn't mind going to the LA area or the Vegas area. That makes some sense to me. There's lots of connections between Brady, Vrabel, um, you know, New England Patriots of the Midwest in Tennessee. Uh, if I'm him, Tennessee is certainly the most attractive of the group, but I also was told that it would probably be without Jack Conklin. It'd probably have Derrick Henry. You probably wouldn't have Conklin. So that line isn't nearly on the level of the Raiders, but it's certainly better than the Chargers. And that's the first thing on the field I would look for if I'm Brady is I, I know I can get the ball out super quick and avoid hits and all those things, but I still don't want to get hit and I want a really good offensive line. I would also say the 
Titans are probably second in terms of weaponry around me. You know, I think the Chargers are clearly number one in that regard. They got a great set of of guys around them, and you probably franchise Hunter Henry. But that line is really scary to me. Um, the Raiders, I worry most about the scheme fit. You know, the is Gruden a round peg and, you know, Brady's a square hole type of deal. But they got the line. There's excitement about a new team. And I think kind of like we talked about with the Colts, they could add a Judy. They could, you know, go get, you know, Rodney Anderson. You know, they can find some weapons, you know, pay for them. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are another team from Mike Silver's report at NFL Network. He said that they're very seriously thinking about Tom Brady as well. And uh, that was not surprising. We heard a little bit about the Titans and Bucks earlier this week. Ian Rappaport, who if you know, we talked about, you know, where's Jeff Darlington from ESPN getting his information, the team side, the league side, or the player side. Ian Rappaport gets his stuff from the teams in the league. And that's where, I mean, he gets fed information. I think they fax Rappaport before they even put the paperwork in when guys get signed. Um, yeah, right. he, almost 100%, you know, that you know where that's coming from when Rappaport has it. Uh, but he said at the Combine earlier this week that Brady's agent will be talking to the Raiders and Chargers. So that that's going to happen. Like, Brady's going to be talking to teams. And I wonder, you mentioned offensive line might be the first thing. Is it, is it, what could you... What could you sell Tom Brady on at this point? You know, Tom Brady, it, it, like you're not going to give him a load of BS. Like what if you're Tom Brady and you're and you're going in and, and are you just having fun finally for the first time in your career talking to some other teams? Uh, or are you literally like open minded walking in saying, hey, let's, let's see if the Chargers can sell me today. Yeah. And this is what I wanted to end my last you know sentence with was the Titans and the Chargers are or the Titans to me are clearly the most attractive in terms of keep your legacy of winning going, you know, I mean, they were just in the playoffs, but I also think the chargers from top to bottom O-line aside have the best group has the best roster of all those teams, you know, and, and some of the things we talked about this year were, boy, the chargers lost a ridiculous number of one score games uh, they had some bad luck with field goals and, you know, some of my my, my uh, uh, turnover differential stuff that I was fiddling with. So with Brady and maybe a lineman or two, maybe they shock you and come back heavy. But we were talking about this a lot on, the, on my Steelers show, you know, down at the Combine. And in the end, I kind of thought from just an AFC power struggle, if Brady leaves the Patriots, I fear them less. If Brady goes to Oakland, San Diego, or Tennessee, I don't immediately go, oh, man, those the, the, the there's a disturbance in the force in the AFC, and that team is now you know a front runner for a bye or something like that. I just don't see it. The Chicago Bears are another team here, and when dominoes start to fall, who's going to be left? It sounds like the Bears are going to at least have somebody, and there was an ESPN report, that there was a strong sense, I think it was, it was the way it was worded, that the Bears will be at least bringing someone in to compete with Mitch Trubisky. And that's either to have someone who ends up better than Mitch Trubisky, ends up being the starter, or at least pushes Trubisky to find that ceiling and, and be a better player himself. And so it's not going to be Brady, it sounds like, if you're bringing in someone to push him. I mean, you're bringing in Rob Rivers, Brady, uh, some of these players to be the absolute starter. 
So who's the who's left after that initial movement and the big names go? We're looking at Mariota, Bridgewater. Do you like any of them? Andy Dalton in Chicago? Carr. You know, if, if Brady would to, were to land in Oakland. Yeah, that's a good one. Of all those names I just mentioned, Carr is my favorite. Cam's the wild card. I mean, I know they said they're excited to work with them. I'm still not 100% believing that. Um, the key here with the Bears, and I know they can make room, but assuming this collective bargaining agreement goes through, which I really think it will, it's going to probably be at least a week until it does, though, that that opens up the next for $30 million in cap space. And now they can make moves without killing their roster. And all those names to me are fine. I probably would put Mariota last on the list. You know, just, I'm a big fan, but I didn't like the way he's played. Um, Bridgewater makes an awful lot of sense. How about Dalton? I mean, what's the Bears record this year with Andy Dalton? It's pretty good. It's at least least 500, 500. right? They're they're at least in that just barely outside of the playoff, you know, they would be they would have been competing with the Eagles and the Cowboys for that final playoff spot, at least. And who knows, maybe even better. Yeah, maybe even better. You know, I mean, I know this is what we're talking about, but I want Allen Robinson on my fantasy team if he has Dalton right. or one of these guys, or you know, these guys. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, maybe. So if let's say Brady goes to the Titans, does New England go out and bring in Tannehill? They just swap quarterbacks there. That would be interesting. Or Tannehill to the Bears, maybe? Uh, where does Tannehill end up? And, and who's really looking at him like a franchise guy right now? Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad call either. I mean, if I were the Bears fans, I'd be like, yeah, sign me up for Tannehill. I mean, I'd be in on that. He has some athletic similarities to Trubisky. You know, I'd want my quarterback to run a little bit more um, than some teams. I think he's a really good downfield thrower. Um, you could still protect them pretty well with a defense and a pretty good line. And I expect Montgomery to have a little bit better year in, in year two. So, yeah, Tannehill would go pretty high on that list for me if Brady were to land in Tennessee. So this whole quarterback musical chairs is really interesting, and we can't talk enough about it. But if we say the first chair has been filled in the rivers, I kind of feel like Brady has to be the next chair. I agree. Yeah. And Brady, because there's too many teams that right. wait for Brady's decision. So that has to be the, the first domino for somebody else to go, okay, we, we miss Brady. Now, where do we go? Right, right. If it's Oakland, okay, now we're trading Carr. Yeah. Otherwise, he's our guy and, and, and maybe you draft somebody. I, I don't know if that's the right move. If it's Tennessee, then you obviously go to Tannehill and mm. that might be franchise tag situation. So it needs to happen sooner than later. Um, if it's the Chargers, do you still consider consider Herbert with that seventh pick or so, or would Brady lose his mind? <laughs> you, know? you could draft a tackle and you took you took Herbert, um, or you could have taken you know Brown out of Auburn and you took Herbert. So I don't know. I mean, but you got to know soon if you're those teams. Yeah, and is Brady still planning on playing until he's fifty? <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we've got a couple of Twitter Thursday questions to get to. We'll talk tight ends for just a second as well. Uh, coming up. Matt, before we hit these Twitter questions, anything stand out to you with the workouts from the tight ends so far? There was one surprising number that the fastest tight end from Missouri, Albert O, is that what they're calling him? Al- Albert? Don't even try. I had it, man. I had it, and then I lost Maybe it when really. I saw it. I doubted myself. Okwabunum, I think is how you say it. Albert Okwabunum. Um, he's Albert O to me. Albert O, yeah, ran a four five three unofficial. A really good time for a player that hasn't had a lot of pub coming into the draft process. Yeah, and, and he had somewhat of a down year, but he was a guy 
when over the summer you'd look at those lists of these are top dudes that he was at the top of a lot of the lists and then he had kind of a down year this past year so two years ago he was highly productive touchdown producer field stretcher I have the drills on over here and he looks very fluid as we've been chatting um so I think he's that might be enough in considering what this tight end class looks like this year to make him the number one guy. I mean, it's an OJ Howard like combine for him, which is great. And then on the opposite side, Jared Pickney out of Vanderbilt was another one that was at the top of those lists before this season. He runs a four nine six. Like you might not even get drafted. <laughs> that's a that's a Rich Eisen time there. That's <laughs> right, that right. is definitely not good. There there will be offensive linemen running faster than Jared Pinkney, which is not good. And actually while you were speaking, this list updated, and they did give Albert O the official four four nine forty times. So sub five really? O for for Albert O. And I'm always going to stress this over the next couple of days. What do he weigh? Is he a 240 pound tight end? No, he's 258, six five. Hands are over 10 inches, over 34 inch arms. And you draw up an athletic tight end; those are the kind of numbers you want. A bunch of numbers changed here when they went official from the unofficial numbers. Uh, Hunter Bryant, 474. Harrison Bryant, 473. Uh, the second fastest was Josiah DeGuara at 460. So very slow class overall aside from Albert O. Yeah, right. And uh, the Bryants were both supposed to run well. I didn't know much about Naguara, but he was, he's only 6'2", 242. So... If you're that size, you better run well to stay in the comp- you know, conversation. Uh, Bryson Hopkins ran 4.66, which is pretty good, too. Cole Komet's a guy I've been warming up to. It looks like he ran a 4.7 flat. That's fine. And the two Bryants did okay, you know, but they're not blowing people away with their scores. And that's more important to me for Hunter because he's 6'2", 248. You know, I mean, he's not a huge guy. Uh, thicker than I thought. I didn't think it'd be 248, but he's only 6'2", and you better be in the four sixes if you're a shorter guy like that, you know, an expanded big slot receiver type. Yeah, you mentioned DeGuara, 6'2", 240-something. Yeah, little yeah. H-back in him probably, be able to, so, someone you move around, maybe fullback, maybe a little tight end. Uh, and then Adam Troutman's got some size, 6'5", 255. He ran a 480, which is not a great time. So just, yeah, this is not a great class for uh for tight ends for someone if you're looking for a guy to step in and be that that number one i, I think teams are going to definitely scatter back and and find that albert o tape though and and give another watch and see if you see that speed on tape right right i mean he's the he's the headliner so far at 523 eastern here i mean there's only one team or one you know position group really running and stuff for us so far um but good for him i mean that that's probably a big jump because the crowd he was hanging with didn't show so well. And even if you are a, a steadfast tape guy, it's like, I need to see it on tape. The best thing you can do with the combine is make them go back to the tape, make them look for that, make them find that speed that you display there. So definitely a good uh, evening for, for Alberto. Yeah. And uh, I try to be so tape centric and, and whatnot, but we're all human. And you see that number below four or five and you're like, mm, I like that. We haven't talked collective bargaining today, which we have talked about just about every day this week. So let's go to Mark with our first Twitter Thursday question. He said, with the pending increase in games next season, do you think the league should introduce a rule where they limit or put a minimum number of snaps on each player's plays each season? 
uh, would add a new dimension in game management and reduce risk of injuries while developing those players. And I've seen some of that where maybe guys can only play 16 of the 17 games, which which I hate, but limiting and, and how big of an impact will it be? I think it'll be a wait and see, like how much... So like a team like the the Packers, if they expand the playoffs and add a 17th regular season game, they were the number two seed. They wouldn't have had a bye. They would have played two more games uh, getting to get to the uh, right. NFC Championship game, which is, I mean, that's a lot of football. And that's only two teams. That's the two two seeds, of course, you know, from right. last year to this year. So um, one, one note about the CBA I want to throw out there because I gave some people misinformation yesterday is the owners did concede – one of the, the sticking points so far has been, hey, I, I signed a, a contract for a 16-game schedule, and I'm still going to be under contract when we go to 17 games. What are you going to give me for that 17th game? And originally they said, we'll give up to 250 grand for that game. And then I thought they went up to a million. But they really went – it's now on the table at you'll get the exact same game check that you always get. You know, like – to tell Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to give you a quarter of a million dollars when you're making two million a game. It's like, come on, man. I mean, right. I know it's you know, rich people problems, but that ain't cool, you know. <laughs> yeah, so no. it has to be another game check. Game. That's the only way that makes sense. Like, how could you right. add another game and not just give him another game check? It's right. That's what and it so has they to be. did concede that. Okay. And my hunch, that's that's the little bugaboo that the the owners put in there, so they could say, I you know, deep down going. The players are going to complain about that, so we'll t- tell them we gave them something, but probably planned on it all along. Right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Definitely a bargaining ploy there. Yes. Um, as for this question, I hate that idea. I-, I hate the idea that you can only play 16 games. I hate the idea that there's a snap count limit for people. I hate the idea that late in the game, your team goes to overtime, and we got to pull out Aaron Rodgers because he hit his limit. No, no, no. Um and I understand the player safety thing, but here's the deal. I mean, you're going to play one more regular season game. There's one less preseason game, and I understand Rodgers might not have played in that one anyway. There's way less practice time. Now, that matters. I mean, there's a lot less camp and throughout the season um, wear and tear on their body from practice through these rules, and there's another bye. So, to, I know that sounds crazy by adding another game. They may have less wear and tear in their body under this CBA than the last one. The fewer practices is weird too, because if you're a player, wouldn't you rather have one less complete OTA and have normal practices in the summer when you're already around and have a week off where you can actually go on vacation with your family? Because if you just have a, an, a random day off in August, does that really help you that much? You're still there. Right. You're still at the facility. So it's odd with the practice thing, and coaches already are, are complaining about how little time they have to get their players ready to go. And if the bottom of your roster has fewer preseason games to get ready to play, it's just going to be harder to develop guys. That really worries me. I mean, I do think buys will make for better play in overseas games, Thursday, short week, super short week Thursday games, short weeks after Monday Night Football, things like that. But one less preseason game and less practice. I think they have too little practice now, just from a where you said, you know, a, a a prep, teaching, tackling, physicality things that you need to practice before you see the game. So I know everyone gets super excited in week one. Football's back; it's awesome. But I really think the first couple of weeks, maybe the first month, 
is going to be an extension of the preseason to some degree. And some of the smart teams, I mean, New England comes to mind. I know they blew the Steelers doors off in the opener, but generally speaking, they ease into the season until, you know, the first month isn't their best football. And I think coaches and teams are going to have to do that, that whenever these seasons are in the books, we might look back and be like, man, the first two weeks, that team looked really bad. But then they came on and won 12 straight and won the Super Bowl. Dave wants to know who are the biggest risers and fallers at the Combine this week. I think it's too early to tell. Too early, Dave. We'll shelf that question for next Twitter Thursday, I think. Unless, have you heard anything, like any, like really bad, it whispers about a bad Combine interview or anything like that so far in Indy? No, it's funny because I was complaining. I was on the air for four hours, kind of like I did to start this podcast, saying, I've been here three days and there's nothing to talk about except Joe Burrow's nine-inch hands. You know, like that's, (laughs) that's such a small thing to talk about. And I, I haven't heard anyone saying, boy, he was an a-hole at the podium or teams don't like him or to his hips a mess or like there's nothing bad. And I'm sure some things will filter out and we'll hear it in coming weeks, but you know, it's failed drug tests. There hasn't been any of that kind of stuff, which is great. I mean, I'm, ho- I'm, not, I'm hoping that there isn't any. I, I did hear that Burrow is really impressive to be around, though, you know, that and when he walks in the room, he's commanding it. When he's been going through all these steps of things, people are super impressed with him. And I know this isn't what you asked, but I, I saw Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor the other day. He looks the part, to say the least. He would be a handful to get on the ground. You know, with Burrow, there's something about him that I wasn't sure because he seems like almost a nerdy type of guy. But then there's also a confidence where he's like, I don't care what you think. This is how it is. And once he speaks, you're like, okay, you talk me into it. So uh, there is yeah, there's almost like a Peyton Manning vibe. Remember how Peyton Manning is was, is kind of a dork, but, he, oh, but he has so much confidence. Burrow has a little bit of that. Yeah, I think so too. And maybe even to the point of, you know, cockiness. You know, I mean, he really thinks he's the yeah. best. He proves it over and over. Teammates love him. And boy, the Bengals could use that. This is another too early one, but frequent. We got a couple of frequent questions from GoPats that I'll put aside. It's a good question, but it's a long one for later. Uh, JDS says, and we have like 15 seconds to answer this, Matt. Who has a better chance of winning uh, next year, the Jets or the Giants? Giants. But I like Darnold better. Oof, I'm going to go with the quarterback. I, Yeah, and I, I, I don't have faith in Dave Gettleman. I like Darnold better, so I'm going to say Jets. Yeah, that, I don't love either one, though. I'm not putting my mortgage on yeah, either. I would not bet on either one of them being in the playoffs in the next uh, 12 months, at least, for sure, and, and probably many more months beyond that. Yeah, I All agree. Right. Uh, out of time here. Thanks, everybody, who's getting for getting those questions in. We just put that feeler out right before we went on. So got a couple of questions. I knew we were going to have time to get to some of those, so thank you. And we'll have a deeper, and I'm sure we'll have a better idea of what happened at the Combine and have a lot more fun with next week's Twitter Thursday And we'll be back tomorrow and have a lot more wide receiver times and probably some blazing times to talk about tomorrow right here, Locked on the NFL.